What's more fun than listening to us in your car or at work every Wednesday or Friday? Seeing us perform an episode of Sinisterhood for you live. We're currently on tour, and the first leg of shows was a blast. Next up, we're headed to Raleigh, Nashville, and Atlanta, and we have got three awesome topics for those shows. We do. And then we're going to go to Boston, New York, Philly, Chicago, and Milwaukee. Also, great topics. So many topics. And we have a Florida triple play at the end with Miami, Tampa, and Orlando. At all of these stops, we choose a local topic and perform an episode of Sinisterhood for you live. It's like you're right in the studio, except there's laughs and everything's happening in real time. So you get to hear us mess up if we do. (laughs) No edits. No edits. (laughs) We even throw in a fun bonus segment at the end where we hear from you in the audience. And I have my bailiff star in my backpack. And I've got my gavel. Ready to roll. Tickets for all shows are available now. For the details, including dates, times, venues, and more, visit Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. That's Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. See you on the road. Hey, y'all. We wanted to share with you some of the fun we've been having over on Patreon. We're bringing you short clips from some of this month's bonus content to give you an idea of everything you get when you sign up to support the show. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, click the link in the episode description or head to Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon in the top menu. First up, we have a clip from this month's minisode, which is an update on the Rodney Reed case. Then we have a clip from True Crime Headlines on the Vicki and Casey White case. After that, you'll hear a story from our Judge Christie segment that had everyone's jaws on the floor. I have yet to stop thinking about it. No, I still think about it every time I go in my kitchen. Uh, Next, we have a clip from our Am I the Asshole segment, but this time all the entries involve people breaking the law. And finally, we have something for you guys from our monthly Q&A. We decide an important question. FMK, Tony the Tiger, the Kool-Aid Man, and Snap, Crackle, and Pop. A package deal. Can't separate them. (laughs) No, they come. They're uh, truly a threesome. (laughs) They are. Patreon subscribers get to watch video versions of the Q&A and our once monthly live stream segment. This month, it was The Wheel, and it was a ton of fun. You also get to participate with us live via the chat, which is always a great time. In the Getting Into It tier, you get to vote on what segment we perform on the live stream and choose a topic for the main feed. And uh, everybody in that tier chose our candy topic this week. So the The murder murder of of Betty Betty Gore. Gore. Yeah. Subscribe today and get ad-free regular episodes, hundreds of past bonus episodes, and on-demand archives of the video live streams, and to be part of all the fun we'll have throughout the rest of the year. An annual subscription to our Patreon gets you access to all of our content, plus a free month of membership. I love when people say they sign up and then they have a whole back catalog of hundreds of things Mm -hmm. to binge listen to. Head to the link in the episode description or go to Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon on the top banner to sign up today. So how, when all of this comes out, that all of this um, evidence has been kept from him, and I don't know what the proper terminology is, but basically they're doing stuff that's illegal. Mm -hmm. How does he not automatically get another trial? So it's interesting you ask that because that's exactly what should happen. I mean, you say, okay, 
I have a evidence of Brady violations. I have mm-hmm. credible witnesses. It's like 16 people. Like, it's not just, well, we found this one lady willing to say it. You have a bunch of people who have nothing to gain. Right. They're like, I guess I'll go to court. Sure. It's not like you have Jimmy Finnell who's like, oh, for the love of God, I don't want to get convicted of this murder. I will say anything on the stand. You know, when the stakes are pretty high for him. But if you're like her coworker and you liked her and you were, you know, well, we we're friendly. I'll come and tell the truth. That's fine. You have all these people in that's cumulative that you kind of go, they, oh yeah, I talked to the cops and they said they didn't need me at the trial. It's like, well, of course they didn't need you at the trial because you put, poked holes mm-hmm, in their case. Mm-hmm. But when you have a very clear Brady violation, which is when the state has exculpatory evidence and withholds it, the new push is towards going, okay, that the state goes, you're right. It wasn't me personally that fucked this up, but it was our team. We're going to accept responsibility. I went through uh, Brady training like maybe six months ago on the Texas Bar College thing. And it was hosted by uh, one of the panelists was a police chief. And he said, I personally want the truth. I don't want anybody in jail who doesn't need to be in jail. And if I get information that one of the people on my team or somebody withheld information, I absolutely say, no, turn it all over. He happens to have like good morals and mm-hmm, ethics and a good mm-hmm. soul and he's you know not a monster that's probably why they had him presenting to the <laughs> criminal right. defense bar but that's not the case in a lot of, in situations people want to cover their asses you see the case on of alfred Dwayne brown in houston they want to cover their ass they don't want to get in trouble that they essentially shredded a key piece of documents the problem is like you're not going to get in trouble like you can't get it tampering with evidence that's like a two-year statute of limitation so like the police involved whoever hid these it was police prosecutors whoever hid this evidence like just come clean because you can't get in trouble now (laughs) like but how does the how does the judge or someone not say you guys fucked up and you automatically like i don't understand how it can be known that they did I'm just going to keep saying illegal because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's unconstitutional. Yes, Unco- they, yeah, rights. they did something yeah. unconstitutional. And yet they're he's still like not granted a new trial. So the judge in this case is tasked with findings of fact and making conclusions of law. And he writes a recommendation. The whole thing is that the court of criminal appeal said, we'll stay your execution. Go to a trial judge. Put everything out on the table in front of the trial judge. He's going to take the information in analyze it, apply facts to law, write us a recommendation, and we're going to look at that recommendation. We'll see. That is not what the judge did. So (laughs) He was in the room, technically, assuming he listened. I'm assuming he listened. But the writing part, we're going to see. And then my question after that will be... He was in the Lauderdale County Jail in Alabama. She told her colleagues that she was taking him to a mental health evaluation at the courthouse. And then she said she had to go to the doctor afterwards because she wasn't feeling good. Mm -hmm. It also happened to be her last day of work as she had previously submitted her retirement papers. They just drove away in the patrol car. And Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, did not end up at the courthouse for the mental health evaluation. Which was against the rules because he had, on a previous transport been found with a makeshift ship and had threatened to take an officer hostage. So it was required that when transporting that inmate, two officers had to be together. Well, because she was the boss, when she told her colleagues, hey, there's no one else available to help me transfer him. And I'm the only one right now that's armed. So I'm just going to do it. Nobody questioned it. 
There's a lot of failures of p- procedure in yeah. this jail that I think requires some sort of a looking at what happened because nobody called to make sure that there was an actual mental health. There's like no checks and balances. I think everyone thought she's been a dutiful employee for two decades now. Mm-hmm. She's an older woman. Mm-hmm. She's a model employee. She's the boss. Why would they had no reason to suspect anything was going on no not at all they had no the reason to crime when you set up yourself looking like that she set it up uh well the, they left the patrol car in a shopping center parking lot near the jail she left her jail keys her radio and the handcuffs that he was in inside the car they drove off in a orange copper colored ford suv that vicky had purchased with cash previously mm-hmm. and that she had left in the parking lot that night so this she is stashed it she there. stashed it there this was not like man let's run away together today mm-hmm. it was like my, was my retirement is the 29th we we are leaving on the 29th. Mm-hmm. And then, and so nope, they were gone without a trace, right? And May 6th, Friday, authorities located the SUV, which had been in a Tennessee tow lot for about a week. The SUV was taken there after it was found abandoned in the woods and without any identifying information. They had wiped it clean on the inside. There was some green spray paint on the bumper where it looked like maybe they had tried to repaint the car themselves. Mm-hmm. Authorities say that they think there was some sort of mechanical trouble with the SUV, and that's why they ditched it. Then a few days later, after more investigation, it was revealed that the pair had shared a special relationship dating back to 2020 when Casey White was first brought to the Lauderdale County Jail for his arraignment. She's was had an active arrest warrant for permitting and facilitating an, an escape. Obviously, the sheriff's office said she no longer is employed here. You think? Mm-hmm. They think that because she sold her house, so there was a lot. She had a large amount of money with her, and she sold it for way under value too. Yes. Like it was valued at like close to three hundred thousand. She sold it for ninety five thousand dollars, and it's just like I want this cash right now as yeah. fast as possible. And moved in with her mom. They said she had been using some aliases, including for the purchase of the vehicle. So she bought the vehicle under a fake name. But at this point, you know, as of uh, earlier today, they had said, "Well, we think that she's." We're recording this on May 9th, by the way. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they said she was probably using some other um, aliases um, and also that she had probably been using her law enforcement knowledge to evade capture for as long as they did. Like you mentioned, Casey's ex-girlfriend, he had attempted to shoot her previously. She had mm-hmm. told reporters, if Vicky is still alive, she needs to get the hell out. Run. Run as far as you can and turn yourself in and contact someone. Do the right thing before you lose your life or somebody else does. It has been said that he is extremely dangerous, that mm-hmm. he was violent. They think he's armed. They think she was armed, and they think they have a automatic rifle, like too. Like an AR-15 and a mm-hmm. sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, he told everybody, listen, as soon as I get out, I'm going to murder my ex-girlfriend. In this case, it seemed like they were just trying to get away, and that he wanted to die. He wanted to kill his ex-girlfriend and then have die by cop, essentially. He wanted the police mm-hmm. to kill him. Wasn't it that... He first came to the Lauderdale jail, like in 2020 or whatever. They had, a, they, that's where they first met. But then he got transferred to another prison and then he got transferred back and they picked up their relationship again. But even while he was at that other prison, they still like wrote to each other and corresponded. But other inmates said like he would get extra food on his tray. He got special treatment that the rest of us didn't. So they all saw some stuff going on, but nobody said anything until. They up and left together. Yeah, and that's you're exactly right. So the new news, the breaking news that just happened while we were recording. So there was photos of Casey White at the. This last one, I'm going to give you uh, the trigger warning that is on top of this post. Oh no! Food tampering, 
psychological slash emotional abuse. Don't read while eating slash if you have a weak stomach. Well, I'm not eating. I do have a weak stomach. Does this involve cum? No cum. Okay. Couldn't be uh, worse than uh. Could be worse. Could be worse. But I hope is, is it worse than the cum guy? <sighs> it's worse than cum. I don't know. We'll is it see. bugs? We'll I'm going to lose it if it's bugs. Do you want me to go or no? Is it bugs? I don't want to tell you. Oh, my God. Okay, go. This was sent in by Lizzie and originally posted by smallbean197. I'm very nervous. I'm a 22-year-old female. I've been with my 24-year-old partner for four years now. I have never known him to do anything like this, but I noticed he started acting a little strange around a month or maybe a month and a half ago. He started putting fruit on the floor in the garden. And I thought it was a bit weird, but he said Wait, he was feeding. the garden, like, in the backyard? I imagine she meant the ground in the garden, but yes. Well, because people in the UK call their backyard gardens, so maybe it was Okay, that. so it could be that. Uh, I thought it was a bit weird, but he said he was feeding the mice family that have nested in our shed. So I thought it was sweet, and I helped him put some fruit out. Oh, God. Anyway, he started being really nice to me around two weeks ago and was making me food, baking me cakes and stuff. He never usually cooks ever, so I was very happy he found a hobby. I did notice sometimes I felt sick and dizzy after eating, but I just put it down to lack of sleep or hormones. Anyway, a friend of my partner's came into my work today. I work in a cafe. He said he needed to speak with me when I was free. I was free as there weren't any customers at this time. He told me that he had to tell me that my partner has been collecting slugs from the garden on the fruit that he has been putting out there and has been putting them in my food. Slugs? He's been blending them up. <gasps> he even sent his friend a picture of a bag of slugs he had collected and a picture of the blended slugs. Oh, my God. I feel really sick to my stomach. I don't understand why he would do this. This is so out of character for him. I asked him why he was doing it, and he accused me of snooping through his messages, which I would never do. He got so angry at me then for, quote, not being able to take a joke. Oh, so he was he was doing this to be funny? It says, uh, I love him to pieces. I can't, I just don't understand his way of thinking. I don't know what to do. Am I overreacting? No. Sorry. (laughs) No, I agree. I went to urgent care last night slash early hours of the morning and waited. I was finally seen around 6 a.m. I had some tests run. I have a high level of metaldehyde in my blood. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. I was kept in for monitoring, and I have some ulcers in my stomach. Oh, I was, my God. The slugs have eaten away her stomach lining. I hope not. I was aware of this as I was hospitalized about two months for a burst ulcer. Originally, I thought it was stress, but now they said it was because of the slug poisoning. Oh. I could have an infection of some kind as my temperature is high, but they haven't found anything that could be causing that yet. Sue his ass. They have checked my heart, and it is fine. I'm due to have heart surgery this year, but they're now delaying it due to the ulcers and the infections and the fact that I keep getting sick. I have an appointment to see my cardiologist in a few weeks. I contacted the police and wrote a statement and was asked some questions. Um, My ex refused to say anything to the police or to me. However, he did say he would speak to his friend and only him. He then spoke to me. I was not alone. I was with a friend and his friend, too. My ex confessed to doing random experiments on me slash tests starting only a few months after we moved in together. It started with spitting on my toast. Oh, my God. This guy's a fucking psychopath. Then a week later, he replaced my propanolol beta blockers with salt. 
He oh simply my God. emptied out my capsules. I want to add, he was my medication holder as I have had a history of suicide attempts. So he handled all my medicines and Dude. gave them all to me. And that's when he thought it would be funny. This is some Munchausen shit right here. He also admitted the following things to me. I think they are British. He swapped my Linda McCartney vegetarian sausages with real meat. Dude, I, when you start giving people shit that they haven't consented to, this uh-uh. guy should be thrown in jail. I have IBS and I struggled to digest meat and so became a vegetarian. He also replaced my corn nuggets with his real ones. One of my pet giant African land snails went missing this summer. <gasps> I assumed it escaped as I left the lid open on their box, but my ex told me it had actually died, and he scraped it out and put it in my curry. I vaguely remember the day he did this as he laughed whenever I went to eat the curry, and oh I got God. I got really paranoid, so I put it in the kitchen and stormed off. He then brought the curry upstairs to me and told me to taste it. I did, and I realized he had added loads of chili and said he was laughing because he put chili powder in and too much came out. Now I think he must have put the chili in to cover the fact that he had put my snail in there. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. First of all, we haven't even discussed how fucking barbaric and monstrous it is for you to collect sweet little garden slugs and then blend them up. That's some Somebody really, get PETA on the phone. That's some really perverse behavior. Seinfeld style, he also said he rubbed my toothbrush on the toilet. But then he washed it because he felt that was going too far. And this is he he told all of this to his friend. I think Sherry Papini style. He wouldn't talk to the cops. Uh, it says uh, he said he would only talk to his friend. And it sounded like they were all in the same room because she was with her friend. He was with his friend. And then they're all four of them. Were so he just wouldn't speak directly to her like a shun. I think so. Uh, the original poster said, I feel like this is all a dream. It just seems too dramatic to feel real. I'm unsure what's happening on the legal front. He says he didn't know why he did this and that he does love me truly and that he just felt compelled to do this. I understand as I suffer from OCD and get compulsions, impulsions. He said he really loves taking care of me and feels it is his purpose and he didn't mean to cause any serious harm. He promises he never did any of this to our animals. I think he could just be stressed. The snail? Oh, you mean feeding shit to them? I think so. Well, you Um, fed an animal to her. Let's see. Here's further updates. He promised, uh, let's see. I'm aghast. I know. This is maybe the worst one we've ever had. Yeah. The dog recently had lungworm. (gasps) And yeah, so that could be based, that could be some type of. He's feeding the dog slugs? Something. He could have fed the dog something is one of the Lungworm? God damn. I've never even heard of that. This guy is a fucking like. Some uh, this is criminal behavior. Okay, so then the one of the updates is all right. This next one is: Am I the asshole if I press charges against my neighbor for breaking and entering? This is crazy, but happened this past weekend. I'm a 45 year old male. I was alone and taking a nap for a couple hours upstairs and came down about 4 p.m. I walk downstairs and see a man walking out of my front door. I recognize him as my neighbor. We live in a townhouse complex and he lives right across from us. I confronted him and he apologized profusely and said he was drunk at 4 4 p.m. Yeah, and made a mistake. I could smell the alcohol on his breath. 
It seemed believable, but I decided to make a police report anyway. They questioned him, but his story was believable, so that was the end. I go back inside, frazzled, but I thought it was over. I check my phone and see automated messages about recent charges on my credit card Mm -hmm. from a convenience store near my house for several beers while I was sleeping. I call the police again, and they are able to get a copy of the store's security footage a couple days later. Surprise, surprise, it's my neighbor. The police arrested him this morning, and he confessed to taking my wallet from my house, using my credit card, then returning it back to my house. He didn't even take the cash in the wallet. The whole thing is so bizarre, I would laugh about it. But then I think, what if my wife and kids were home? What could have happened? Then I just get angry all over again. Now I get a letter from his wife saying how he's a drunk and, quote, getting help and begging me not to press charges. Part of me feels for her and wonders if I'm the asshole, but the other part thinks I should not only press charges, but should sue them into oblivion, forcing them to move at the very least. So am I the asshole if I press charges? Well, this is kind of the same vibe as the one you just read. This person says, edited to add, the door was unlocked. We live in a gated community, so I had my guard down. The neighbors have money, so I have no idea why he did what he did. Maybe just to see if he could get away with it. He's being held in jail pending a court appearance this Friday. Likely will be released on bail. So no opportunity for for him to apologize yet. I'm not really angry about the money. I'm angry about the invasion of privacy and the fact that I won't have peace of mind in my own home from now on. I'm angry because what if could have ha- what could have happened if my wife and kids were home and angry for how much worse it could have been in general. Uh, yeah. It, well, I was assuming the neighbor was already drunk when they did it. I would think so. Maybe he was drunk and wanted to keep the party rolling. Yeah, I mean, and you're just, you do stupid shit and think stupid shit when you're drunk. So who knows? Um, I... This one is different than the other one to me because this was a direct thing that happened to you. Yes, he was the victim of you the crime. came somebody came into your home and took advantage stole from you mm-hmm. while you were vulnerable mm-hmm. and then, you know, racked up a bunch of charges. So, I think you're well within your right to press charges. I think so. I think that the mitigating factor is maybe don't sue him into oblivion if he yeah, has that's some sort a of substance harsh. use issue. It's kind of like with the, the difficulty with something like alcoholism is like when you say you have an employee that has a, an alcohol problem, you can't say I'm going to fire this employee for being an alcoholic. But if the employee is a school bus driver and drives a school mm-hmm. bus drunk, you have to fire them. So things like that where you go, the, he's not a bad guy, but this is such to the point that I'm not going to. I shouldn't have to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. You need to be responsible for yourself and your own actions. Maybe his wife clearly is struggling or, but it may be a wake up call. But yeah, when you, the, the thought of, Oh, what if my wife and kids were home and a person that was, I don't think he didn't know it was his house. I think clearly he knew because he returned the wallet or maybe yeah. he didn't know it first and then came back. But regardless, getting into some altercation with your wife, freaking out your kid that yeah. a, a creepy guy's, doesn't know his faculties and that's like traumatizing for your kids. So thank God that didn't happen. But I think you're well within your rights to say, no, you took my, you stole my identity. You, mm-hmm. you took my credit card and misused it. The problem is that's usually pretty bad. He, the guy would have been better off stealing a couple bucks out of the wallet. When you use somebody's uh, credit or debit card, those charges are usually a little bit higher than mm. something like petty theft of like less than 50 bucks. When you use someone's, uh, you know, financial instrument, that's usually worse there's an update. Oh. So the update is 
I met with the man's wife. So I met with the wife, and wow, it was interesting. I told her we would meet in a coffee shop with my wife, and I also recorded the conversation just in case. She didn't know I was recording. Yeah, that was shitty, but I'm glad I did it, as you will see. The meeting time comes, and my wife has to work late, and she can't make it, so it's just the two of us. The man's wife begins by apologizing profusely and tells me how he has been a drunk for years and used to love drinking and gambling until he basically spent all of their savings a couple years ago on bad bets, and they almost lost the house until her parents bailed them out. He doesn't work anymore, but yet she keeps saying she loves him and he's a good man, blah, blah, blah. She also confirms that she controls all the finances, credit cards, etc., and as a result, just gives him an allowance to live on. She then asks if I could please drop the charges. I let her know that I checked into it and it doesn't matter if I drop the charges now because police have video of the crime, his fake statements to law enforcement, the credit card company is now involved, etc. And now they have a rather long list of crimes and don't really need me to move forward. She then starts crying. I sat there for a very uncomfortable five minutes or so wondering if I should leave. She then rather suddenly snaps out of it and the conversation... Uh, we just answered about the Depp Heard trial, so we'll skip that one. All right, another FMK. This one's from Katie. Tony the Tiger, the Kool-Aid Man, and Snap, Crackle, and Pop, a package deal. All you get three, three for the price of one. Okay, I got it. Hold on, let me think. Let me think. First idea, best idea. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> Oh, damn, is as intriguing as having a four-way with snap, crackle, and pop sounds. <laughs> I can't do my boy Tony dirty, and I know I'm marrying the Kool-Aid man. Whoa. So, he's so fun and big. Just And if you need, like, renovations done around your house, <laughs> just bust right through. <laughs> He's too cute for me to kill, and I'd drown if I fucked him. So I think I'm going, fuck Tony the Tiger, marry Kool-Aid Man, kill Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Damn. What is, what's you? I'm going, fuck Snap, Crackle, and Pop, because, like, let's do some group stuff. And they're not <laughs> intimidating, and they seem kind. Somebody, and- Letty said, how tall are they? Also, good question. I think they're, like, a foot tall. They could just climb you. You That's get three of them, that, that makes a whole lover. Yeah, That's they're going to do stuff to me. I can lay back That's and true. just get stuff done to me. I'm going to marry Tony the Tiger because he seems like a protector. And I'm going to kill the Kool-Aid man because there's no discernible penis. And you're right. The sloshing everywhere is going to. And your walls will be destroyed as he That's bursts true. through them. Unless you live in like, uh, you'd have to live in kind of like a cabana situation where there are no mm. walls. But yeah. you're trying to take him home to Thanksgiving. And it's just like, oh, yeah. That's and they're true. like. Well, it's freezing outside, and now we can't enjoy Thanksgiving dinner because of Christmas. Well, but husband. then he's fro- He's like, I'm free. The, his Kool Aid's frozen. He can. He's either. Yeah. And he brought like, up a good point. This doesn't happen brought- very often. <laughs> You're like, um, actually, it happens like every time. <laughs> um, you brought up a good point because now that I remember, they're like a foot tall. I'm changing my answer. I am going. I'm yeah, because you got like. You can get like I don't have to do anything. Head mid bottom. Like I'm not here to get... do anything. They get to do everything. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. No, I'm eating matter. a bowl of rice krispies the whole time it's happening. And I'm I'm sorry Treats. for that. Yeah, I, I think discovered... I'm gonna go with yours actually now that I think about this. 
If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the show on Patreon by clicking the link in the episode description or heading to SinisterHood.com and clicking Patreon in the top banner. Thanks so much for listening and keep it creepy. Sinisterhood.